0: So today is our last week looking at our series on Philippians. And if we remember what is happening here, Paul is writing this while there's a great persecution being released upon the early church. In fact, Paul himself is in prison for his Christian faith and has faced persecution. And as Paul closes his letter to the Philippians, he encourages them to let go of worry and instead experience God's peace. It's one of his closing thoughts. And he's giving them this word of encouragement. And if there's one thing that we're pretty good at as people, humanity, you know, you and I, one of the things that, that we have in common is we're pretty good at being filled with stress and worry. One of the things that... I, my dog, I look at my, my little dog, just lays out in the sun, just, you know, what a life. And one of the things that, that, that separates us from the rest of creation... There's 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 a number of things, but one of them is our ability to worry and stress and fret and to be consumed and see this kind of these things take root in our life. Uh, there's a 2015 British study, just last year, found that 86% of adults worry about things every day. On average. This amounted to, in this study, 86% of the people on average, chronic worry one hour and 50 minutes every day. An hour and 50 minutes on average in chronic worry daily of 86% of the adult population. It's an astounding number considering the negative impact, the negative effect that worry has on our well-being we look at stress and how it's manifested and what happens. And, and we see that uh, we, we, even looking into our own, our own culture a little bit closer to home, anxiety disorders are the most common mental health issue. There's studies, of course, coming out of, of the U.S., and we don't have that data and that, that information at that level for Canada, but the American uh, Anxiety and Depression Association in a recent study showed that 40 million Americans have an anxiety disorder. Approximately 20% of the adult population. And over $50 billion a year in direct health care costs. Not, not taking into effect all the other associated costs of maybe days missed from work and, and, and all those kinds of things and performance issues, but, but just within the medical care to, to help with, with treatment and counseling and therapy and, and prescriptions, over $50 billion a year. 20% of the adult population. And so the Mayo Clinic identifies that there are three distinct areas where where stress and worry and these kinds of things, how they affect us. One is our body. Physically, we have uh, signs of there's headaches, fatigue, our sleep patterns, intestinal problems. These are issues of how it affects our body. Stress affects our mood, anxiety and restlessness, lack of motivation, inability to focus, sadness, depression, anger, Irritability, all rooted in stress and worry. The third that Mayo Clinic identifies is behavior. Uh, These are things like addictive cycles, substance abuse, overeating, undereating, social withdrawal, and an inability to self-regulate our emotional state. Worry grinds us down uh, physically and emotionally. Worry has an ability to kind of shorten our fuse. And it kind of grinds us down. And so one of the main signs when worry is present in our life is uncontrollable outbursts. If any of you have been married for more than five minutes, there's a chance that you have had an uncontrollable outburst at your spouse or they've had an uncontrollable outburst towards you and it has nothing to do with really what's going on in the conversation in that moment worry and stress get into our life, and we have this pressure. And it's like you, you feel pressure. It, it, every inch of your being is being compressed, and, and it gives us a short fuse. And so you get into relationships and some conflict and some difficulty, and all of a sudden it just comes out. And um, that is one of the signs that we're dealing with stress and worry and that it's taken root in our life. Is it any wonder That Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, 27, check this out. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And then Jesus says, can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And Jesus just says it so plain and so clear, and it's it's hard to let it kind of take root in our heart and our life and to experience it that way. And when we look at what Paul writes to the Philippians, we see that he specifically reminds us not to let worry get root of our life. And um, he shows us some things, and I'm going to look at chapter 4 as we're wrapping up the book of Philippians in in verse 6. Paul says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise he says, keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. And there's a few things that I want to take a look at in this, this passage of Scripture. A few things that I can see about what Paul is telling us about peace. One of them is that peace from God is found in peace with God. You see, verse 9 says the God of peace will be with you. It's like when you do these things, when you apply these principles, when you, when you put into practice the things I'm saying, then you will know the God of peace and he will be with you. Paul says, not just God's peace will be with you, but the God of peace will be with you. Could it be possible that Paul is making a specific point, a significant point about Jesus who we know as the incarnate God, Jesus who is with us. That peace is not merely something we get, but it's also someone we get. One of the main themes of Philippians is finding contentment in Jesus. It's, you look in every commentary, you look through every study Bible, they'll say, Paul is really saying, look, this is what it means to have contentment in Christ. And Paul knew that Jesus was with him in the good times. When he was free and he was out ministering, he was performing miracles and healings, and people were coming to faith, and there was revival, and the church was exploding. And it it was an incredible day and age. And Paul knew what it was. He he knew that Jesus, he knew that the God of peace, he knew that, that Jesus was with him. The presence of Jesus was with him in those times, in the good times. And now that Paul is in prison, things have become very difficult. And Paul has discovered something else about Jesus, that Jesus is still with him. You see, Paul does not say, I've learned to be content. Paul doesn't say, I'm content, because God delivered him from prison. Things didn't go all all better. Paul is content. Paul has God's peace because the incarnate Jesus was present with him in prison. Jesus' presence in our life is not dependent on our circumstances. This is why God's peace is called peace beyond understanding. Because it goes beyond our situation and it comes down to having Jesus himself being present in our life. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what is going on, that the presence of Jesus is there. And so relationship with Jesus is the main conduit for receiving his peace.
1: Halloween of 2003, I was 13 years old and I was surfing with my best friend. It was like a picture perfect morning. It was beautiful out and the water was just crystal clear, blue, We were just surfing, waiting for waves, and I was kind of sitting out further than everyone else. And um, within a split second, the shark came and took my arm. I didn't really have time to think much. Right away, I just knew I had to get to the beach just to survive this. Immediately, my friends came and helped me just kind of laid there and just prayed the whole way and just um, asking God for help. I had lost about 60% of my blood and as I was getting into the ambulance, there was a local paramedic and he whispered in my ear and said, God will never leave you nor forsake you. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was about five years old, and being able to turn to Jesus during this crazy moment in my life, it gave me a sense of peace and calmness, and I think that's one thing that just kept me alive. I'm 13, I have dreams and goals, and I was doing really well with surfing. I didn't know if I was gonna be able to surf again or not. Surfing, there's something just really special about it. The feelings that you get when you're on a good wave, it's just your adrenaline's just pumping, the the blood's just flowing through your whole body. Every wave is different. It's not like every wave's the same, and being out there in the ocean and in God's creation, it's like a gift that he's given us to enjoy. I knew I wanted to continue surfing it was more of like just waiting for the doctor's orders to like allow me to go in the water but I got out there and it was pretty amazing experience just um, learning how to surf with one arm I mean I knew how to surf but it was just figuring out how to do it with one arm and I ended up getting up on my third wave and riding it all the way in and right then I just knew I'd be surfing for a long time. like such a horrible thing, God has just brought glory to himself through me and um, I've been able to just be a good light to people and share his love. I wake up every day and honor God in everything that I do and I may fall short sometimes but all I want to do is love him. My name is Bethany Hamilton and I am Second.
0: I love how she describes sensing the presence of Jesus and how she had his peace immediately in that moment immediately in that crisis. And if you caught in the video it really comes from her having relationship with Jesus. That Jesus wasn't some nebulous thought or some existential reality in another plane. Jesus was close, he was near. Because she had relationship. There was already something going on. and, And in the moment of need, in that moment of crisis in her life, Jesus shows up. It wasn't hard to reach out and find his presence when she needed it most. Because she already knew God's presence. Jesus is the God of peace. You get his peace when you find his presence. Just think about that. This has become a resident thought in my ministry as a pastor. It's one of the reasons we're gonna have another series coming up in the fall that we call Presence in the Pain, where we let people share their stories of going through these incredibly difficult situations, much like what Bethany Hamilton went through, that story that many of us are familiar with. And and, and, and those, those dark moments. And the, and the incredible pain and the, and, the, and the tough realities of going through those things. And yet, the stories of finding the presence of God during those times. It's wonderfully encouraging. And we're going to hear stories from people. And this is one of the things that I think is so important for us as a community. It's so important for us as people of faith to learn and to hold on to. That the incarnate Jesus is ever-present in our darkest hour. And you say, well, that's nice, Pastor, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't, you don't know the struggle. You don't know the, the storm. And uh, that's true. Some of you are facing incredibly difficult things. And as much as I believe in God's ability to answer prayer and work miracles, I cannot promise that God is going to fix every situation you're facing, and that it's all going to be made right, and it's all going to be just smoothed over. I, I, can't, I can't make that promise. We're still told to go to God. We're still told to come to Him and offer everything to Him, but I can't promise that it's all going to be good. Those, those difficult things happen, and they show up in our life, but the promise that I can make from Scripture is that Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. And regardless of how dark the night is in your life, the presence of Jesus is right there in that moment. You cannot escape the presence of Jesus. You can't run away from it. You can't. Jesus will hunt you down. He's the incarnate God. He loves you. He gave his life for you. He's declared value over you. He has not given up hope in you. And when you feel like you have no hope and you can't do it, Jesus will come and he'll put hope in you. You cannot escape the presence of Jesus regardless of how dark the moment and the night and the situation is that you're facing. His presence is always there. Another thing that we see from this is, uh, we we see this this making a great exchange when it comes to the peace of God. Make a great exchange. Paul says, don't worry about anything. He says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I love this. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. He's speaking about making an exchange. Uh, many of you, I know, you love a great exchange deal. A couple of years ago, I was in Costco in the electronics department just visiting with one of the guys that works in there, and I mentioned that I had bought these phones, this phone system, cordless phone system, it had all the bells and whistles, it was amazing. Six different receivers, because with three girls in your house, you never know where the cordless phone is left, so you need more. And um, and I bought, it was like, it was on, it was, it was on special, it was a great deal, it was still a lot of money, but it was a good deal, and so I, I bought it. But uh, after a couple years, the, it just, it was, really, it was a piece of junk. It was not working. And, uh, and I just was making chit-chat with a guy in Costco, he goes, well, just bring it back. And I said, well, I got it like three years ago. He said, oh, just bring it back. He goes, we'll probably find it on your, your record, and, you know, we'll, we'll give you your money back for it and get a new one. I said, Are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, just do it. I had no box, I had no receipt, I had no nothing. I'd used the thing for three years. I felt like a schmuck going in with my shopping cart and all the parts and the cords and things hanging, and I was that guy waiting in line. People behind me, and they're like looking through the computer and trying to find, you know, I was that dude that day. But I tell you what, you know what's amazing? Not only did I get my money back, but I bought it in Alberta, and I didn't pay PST on it. (laughs) And they gave me my money back and PST that I never, I got more, I used this thing for three years. I didn't have a receipt. I didn't have a manual or a box or anything. I got more money back at the end. And the phones had come down in price. So I, I went and you know, I bought a new phone and then I went out for dinner with my wife. <laughs> that is a great exchange. Who does not like that kind of, you know what, Jesus has got an amazing customer service desk. (laughs) He's got a great exchange policy. Paul says, come to God. Tell him what you need. In prayer and petition, bring it before God. Bring it to him. Leave it with him. Trust him. Once you do this, once you bring your need to him, Paul says you'll be able to receive his peace. Leave your problem Take his peace back. It's like that picture of that Jesus with the teddy bear and that that little girl. I love that. Just just trust me. Just give it up. I have a great exchange for you. That little problem, you you should see my peace. You really got to try my peace. It's pretty good. It's a good deal. Just give it up. Just release it. It fits with our our value of surrender. I wonder, could it be in our desire to try to control our situation that we are clutching so tightly to worry and stress that we're unable to open our hands and take hold of Jesus and take hold of his peace? Part of how we receive the peace is to surrender and put down the things that we're stressed about to stop carrying them, to bring them to Jesus, to tell him what we need, to leave them at his feet. Leave that need. Leave that thing. Leave that person at the feet of Jesus and receive his peace in return. It's a good deal. Jesus has a better exchange program than Costco. It's a theological truth. After we make the exchange and receive his presence... We can rest in his peace. His peace does something to our hearts. And it's really, it's found in the the next little bit in verse 7 and 8. It says, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You see, when we when we let go of our, our stuff and our things and our stress and our worry, we lay that at the feet of Jesus and we take his peace back, what happens is his peace that comes into our our life, it comes through Jesus and through his presence. We We invite Jesus into our life. And there's an effect that that has. There's something profound that that does on us. The peace of God has a profound impact on our ability to continue forward in our difficult situation. That thing, that problem, that person, that challenge, that hurt, it may still be there. But when God's peace shows up in the midst, it helps us move forward. Uh, This last summer, my wife uh, got into doing some stand-up paddling. And uh, she's great at it. She's way better at it than I am. And um, she has a little bit of a fear. She has a little bit of a fear of open water. Like paddling, not just like, you know, at the beach, 10 feet out with the kids when it's like three feet deep. That's where I like to stand up paddleboard. Like, get out of the way, kids. I'm coming through. That, that's, that's my territory and my speed. But uh, for Ange, she likes to go for like a, a while, like an hour or two hours and go and way long ways. And she gets out sometimes into open water and choppy water and way out where there's nobody around. And uh, there's boats whizzing by, and she has a little bit of a, 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 a fear and uh, nervousness about that. And she she's, wants to learn to paddleboard, she wants to take this up. And so she looked at getting a, a life jacket, and you can't, you can't paddle, with, like, because of the vest. It's just, it just restricts your movement so much. So we found this little, like, wrap-around-your-waist fanny pack with, the, like, a pull cord, and it's got a CO2 cancer and it blows up like, a, like an airbag if you fall in the water and you need it. And um, you know what? She used it. She's never needed to use it. She's never needed to pull the cord. She's never... The, the fanny pack life jacket, it, it has no ability to actually change the size of the waves coming her way. But somehow, knowing it's there... And that if she needed it, it's, it, it, it she, she's got it. And somehow just having that, that little fanny pack thing around her waist is enough for her to get enough courage to move forward, to lean into it. And she's now she paddles all over the place. She's a rock star. And it gives her enough courage to, to just lean into it. And there's something just knowing that it's there. And you know what? It's very similar to the effect that God's peace has on our hearts. The Bible says God's peace will guard your heart. How does it do that? Well, the original Greek that Paul, when Paul is in the original Greek, he's using a military term. When he says God's peace is gonna guard your heart, it's a military term that literally means stand over your heart. And what we have to understand is that Paul is writing this to the the church in Philippi. And Philippi is a fortified Roman city. And so anybody from the, the city of, of, of Philippi would know that when they were about their day in this, they could look up and they could look at the, the wall, the outer wall of their city, and they would see Roman guards, Roman centurions, standing watch over their city, looking out. Looking at the horizon, looking at the distance. Is anybody coming? Is anybody going to attack? Is there anything out of the ordinary coming? And the people inside the city were free to go about their day. They could conduct their business. They could run their errands, live a normal life without fear or distraction of being attacked. They could go to the park and look at their phones. They could meet their friends at Starbucks. They could order takeout on the way home after a busy day at the office. They could do whatever it is that they needed to do. They could live their life because at any moment they could look up and they knew that those soldiers and those centurions were there and they were standing watch over their city. And because of that, an incredible peace could come on them, and they were free to live the life that they wanted to live. And this is the same image that Paul gives us of God's peace, that God's peace is standing watch over your heart. The God of peace stands up on the wall, and he says, I've got this. And he guards your heart so you're not consumed with fear or worry or doubt and all those things. We can actually let those things go. This is why Paul says this is what's so good about God's peace. It guards your heart because you can let those things go. You don't have to worry about it. You can look up and you see Jesus is there. He's in your life. He's standing over. He's guarding your heart. And you can go about living your life. You can lean forward. You can go forward. You can get movement. You can live the life that God is calling you to live. When Jesus is up on the wall, standing watch, it is the peace of God that is guarding our heart. I need to get the team to come. They're going to get ready to close. Done with the done with the talk this morning. And um, I've been meditating and thinking about this, this talk all week, and it's like the Lord kept grabbing my heart with this thought that Jesus is the God of peace. And when his presence is in our lives, he will bring his peace into our life. You see, he's the one true God. He's the creator of all things. He's the Alpha and Omega. He was and he is and he always will be. And when we invite Jesus into our life, we invite all of that into our life. The peace of God is directly connected to his presence. And I don't think anybody in Christian faith can can make that promise that everything is going to get fixed. But we can make that promise. We see that in scripture that despite what we face, despite how dark the hour is that we're in, that Jesus will come and he'll sit with us in that hour. He'll sit with us in the darkness. And we're not alone. And somehow, it guards our heart. We know that somebody is there standing over us. And so, uh, this morning, we're going to get ready to close in prayer. The team is going to lead us in some some worship, and uh, we're going to get ready to kind of close and dismiss. But this morning, I want to a step of boldness and say that we believe that Jesus can show up in every single person every single heart and there's a couple of ways that can happen this morning it can happen because maybe, maybe you've never taken that step maybe you've never taken or you're not even sure if you've taken that first step to even invite him into your life We have this this belief that we get from scripture that, that Jesus is a gift offered to every person, that we all are equal, that we all are born in a place where we need faith in Jesus. We're all equal. And this morning, maybe you're not sure if you've made that commitment. We call that being born again. We call that becoming a Christian, starting a faith journey and a life with Jesus and there is a very good possibility in the room with this many people this morning that that there are some here who haven't done that and you have an opportunity to do that and the other is that you may be here today and you may be facing an incredibly dark hour you may maybe your life is in chaos maybe there's a relationship or a challenge and a problem and an obstacle. Maybe there's something that there's hurt and there's pain and it's dark and it's hard and it's bringing worry and stress and it's eating at you and you can't handle it. I want to encourage you again this morning not to forget that Jesus is the God of peace and to just invite him in. Say, God, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I can do this. I don't know, God. God. Where there is no way, Lord, will you make a way? Will you help me? And I believe 100% that when you make room for the presence of Jesus, you will find peace because he's the God of peace. And when he shows up, that's what he brings. He guards your heart. He stands watch over you. And you'll find courage to go forward. You'll find courage to get out there, to keep going. And so can we just bow our heads in this moment? wonder if there is anyone here today that would say they would like to begin that that faith journey. They'd like to just say, Jesus, I want to invite you into my life. And just as everybody's got their heads bowed and their eyes closed in this moment, it's a sacred moment, maybe you would like to just do that this morning. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and put it down again. You haven't done that formal commitment, but you want to today, say, Jesus, I invite you in my life. Anyone else? And for the rest of us, you would say today that stress and worry and doubt anxiety anxiety, it's been winning, it's been taking hold, and you're facing it, and you're going through it you'd like to say, Jesus, I need your presence. Would you come into this situation? Would you make that exchange this morning? Would you bring that to Jesus? Bring that person, bring that thing, that challenge, that obstacle, bring it to Jesus. Make the exchange. Take his peace. Take his presence in your life. How many of you this morning, you say, that's that's right where I'm new faith experience in you. And for the rest of us, God, that put our hands up this morning and said worry and doubt is taken over and there's something I'm facing and I need you, Jesus. I want to leave it with you. I pray, God, that you would give us the courage. You'd give us the hope. I pray, Lord, that you would come into every heart and that you would stand guard over our hearts. You would stand watch over presence, the presence that only comes from you, would come right through. Cut right through the darkness, cut right through the despair, cut right through the hopelessness, and that you would come and you would sit. Some of you feel like you're sitting down in ash. It's an Old Testament symbol of destruction and of the burning destruction of the enemy coming in and leaving nothing but ash. And some of you sitting down in your life and there is nothing but ash around you and Jesus will come and he will sit down with you in the ash and his comfort will be on your heart and Jesus we declare that over this community let us be people that know your peace that give up control and rely on you ministry this morning, a part of our community, and um, we have a, another song we want to just just kind of sit and worship, and uh, we'll dismiss in just a moment officially. Uh, encourage you, if you would like someone to pray with you this morning, there is opportunity for you to come. We would be so honored. We would love to just pray with you. We have some prayer workers and prayer ministry people. Uh, most of them are going to be able to find a badge and put it on. You'll know who they are, and uh, if you would like someone pray with you the that...